everybody, welcome to Grow Up, where we're healing the child within us while lovingly and respectfully raising the child that's in front of us. Are you ready? It's time to grow up. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. I'm Amy. I am the host of Grow Up, and I'm so happy that you are here. Last episode, we had Anna Holtzman on, and we talked about the mind-body connection and all of that good stuff. And I can't tell you how many people reached out about just the aha moments and the wisdom that Anna provided in that podcast. So it was one of my favorite episodes yet. And I absolutely loved talking to Anna. I felt like I could have gone for ever asking questions. And I still have so many questions about stuff. And She's definitely a guest that we will have on again. So if you listened to the last episode and you'd like to share your aha moments or you have questions about it or you want me to ask her some things and we could get those like on the docket for the next time we speak, that would be awesome. Remember that if you have anything to share, anything to add, you're always welcome to reach out to me on Instagram at grow.up.ig or on email at thegrowuppod at gmail.com. And just moving forward, something I'd really love to do is to start sharing your personal stories about challenges you're having in your life, challenges you're overcoming in your life, just something that you feel could benefit this community or a story that we could bring to the community and open it up for others to relate to. Um, Something that resonates deeply with me is always finding that community and not feeling so alone in your path or on your path of motherhood or in your life. Um, So I would just love to start opening up the conversation to all the listeners out there to share little parts of yourself with the community if you feel so inclined Um, and just kind of just share things in your life that have had the most impact or ways that you are handling everything that you're carrying on into this, you know, life experience. So I'd love to hear from you. So please do not hesitate to reach out. We can always keep things anonymous. If that's more of your, your thing, that's totally cool too. So hopefully I'll be hearing from more of you. That would be amazing. This episode's a little bit late. Um, There's been some, you know, kind of a whirlwind of things cascading (laughs) on my end of the screen here. Um, And yeah, I, it was, what, two weeks ago now um, on Valentine's Day that I got a concussion, actually, um, which is kind of wild. And I had so many... Over the course of the two weeks, I've had so many um, just learning experiences and things, you know, to, from that from that whole whole ordeal. So I kind of just thought I would get on here today and just riff about that, riff about that situation and everything that has come to my brain since having the concussion and working through it. And I think at this point, I'm mostly healed. Um, I definitely struggled to chill out and give myself a break. And I think there's still some residual 
resting that needs to be happening. Um, usually if I overdo it, I get a headache and that's been happening quite frequently. But yeah, I just thought I'd get on here and kind of share my experience. So Valentine's Day, going about my business. I think that's the day actually that Anna's, um, the last episode with Anna on it came out. So just for some reference, but either way, so going about my business, I go pick my son up from school. Um, after being home from the pandemic for a year prior, um, I found myself like over celebrating <laughs> holidays um, my son loves holidays. He loves decorating. He loves decorations. He loves dressing up. He loves all that kind of stuff. And so I found myself kind of going a little bit overboard with, you know, even small holidays like Valentine's Day or St. Patrick's Day, things like that, just to give us, you know, a break in the monotony. And so for better or worse, I did that. And he loved it. And the problem is my son doesn't forget anything. In fact, when I ask him what his earliest memory is, he describes his first birthday cake. So, yeah, he doesn't forget anything. So, of course, this year he's all excited because he thinks that I'm going to be leaving him a Valentine's Day treasure hunt. So last year during the pandemic, um, I purchased a box of vintage kind of valentines they were super cute it was about 20 of them and I just wrote simple things for like you know check in the fridge check under the table check the fireplace check you know the bed things like that and he would go find the next clue and it would basically lead him to this little valentine's day surprise a small little gift and you know some candy or something so we didn't forget that. So Valentine's Day morning, he goes off to school. I leave a scavenger hunt for when he gets home with a little prize at the end. And I decided that I was going to leave early enough when I went to pick him up to go grab a couple Valentine's Day donuts. And I dropped one off to my husband at work. And then I went to pick my son up from school. So every time I pick him up, he he's out, you know, before lunchtime comes home for lunch and so he usually has a snack in the car on the way home because it's a little bit of a drive to school so today or that day I gave him you know the donut as a surprise but I I got an extra one just you know there was one that was vanilla and one that was chocolate so I let him have his choice so I had an extra donut which was for him for another day or whatever I'm telling you this I promise this all will make sense in a moment this is not just bs but so anyway, we get home and Michigan has been, you know, super snowy, freezing cold. And anyone who's listening in Michigan will understand how in a week we could have literally every single weather. I mean, maybe not even like within three days we could have like hot, you know, raining, snowing, like Michigan's wild. So that's exactly what had been going on. I mean, I wouldn't say hot, but um, things would melt. Then we get more snow and then it would freeze and all these things, right? So what had happened the night before was that, you know, over the weekend we'd had some sun. We had a big, big, big snow, snow days, all the, all the stuff. Then we had some sunshine. So over the weekend, things started to melt a little bit and, you know, it was kind of clearing a little bit. Um, but then it, going into Valentine's Day, it had snowed again and it was 
like a light powdering of snow. So it wasn't super deep. It just kind of covered everything again. I'm telling you this because when we got home from school, my son, you know, was on one and excited to be home and was thrilled because, you know, he knew that he was coming home to some kind of Valentine's Day scavenger hunt surprise situation because I had, you know, set that up and couldn't wait to get inside. So we pull up in the driveway and, you know, I get him out and he goes running inside. Well, in the meantime, while he's getting out, I'm in the front seat gathering everything. So I have his backpack. I have a whole separate kind of duffel bag type thing with his winter boots, his snow pants, his snow coat, like a heavier coat, hat, mittens, the whole thing. Because in Michigan, when, you know, it's snowing out and they go outside for recess, you have to have a whole nother set of clothes, you know, for them. So I've got that. I've got my purse. I've got his water bottle that he was drinking in the car, his little Tupperware container that had the donut in it that he ate in the car on the way home, my water bottle because I pretty much don't go anywhere without it, and another, it was um, like a, almost like a clothing box, like if you're wrapping, you know, a shirt for a gift or something with a donut in it from the place that I got donuts from with the extra donut inside. So I have all this stuff to bring in. So I'm gathering up all the stuff, oh, and my keys, and you know, whatever, all the stuff. And heaven forbid I make two trips, right? I mean, I know probably everyone out there can relate to this because that's just how we do things, right? It's like, if I could get this all in one trip, I'm not coming back out, even though it would take me literally less than a minute, but that's fine. It's freezing cold. I'm not doing that. So I have my arms totally full. So my son gets out, he runs inside, I'm scooping up everything and I'm trying to move pretty quickly, A, because it's cold, B, because he's trying to get inside and I know that I have the scavenger hunt set up and I know I have, you know, all this stuff and he's going to get, we have a um, enclosed front porch so you can go onto the porch, but you can't get into the house. And so I knew he'd be on the porch, you know, freaking out and be a whole thing. So I was trying to hurry. So he's walking up the steps and I was a little bit worried too because it, it was kind of icy and I was, you know, making sure he got in okay. And then I'm, you know, trying to beeline in with my arms full. So both arms, I have everything, you know, I somehow made it. I think I shut the door with my foot or something, you know, and I'm starting to walk in. Well, instead of taking the three extra steps to walk on the sidewalk up to my house, I decide that I'm going to just cut across the lawn. <laughs> And totally not thinking about it, you know, it's snow, but I had my snow boots on, so it was all good. And forgetting that underneath that was old snow that had iced, you know, etc. So I, you know, start walking across the lawn with gusto about on my first or second step, who knows. And I just eat it. I just fall. I straight up slip on a piece of ice my husband uses a snowblower to do our long driveway and everything. And it kind of piled up onto the lawn in a spot. Well, of course, that's a spot, you know, I stepped on. And he felt guilty and all this. And I thought, how? I mean, you weren't going to throw salt onto the lawn. You know, obviously, I should have just been walking on the cleared, not icy sidewalk. But, you know, 
that would just take three extra steps that I wasn't willing to do. So I decide that, you know, I'm going to cut across. So I slip on the ice. It was straight out of a cartoon. Like I, I step, I slip. I just, you know, my feet go out from under me. I swear I went up in the air and I came down Well, my arms were full, right? So I came down on my right elbow and it hurt. And I have a, I have an extremely high pain tolerance. Um, I don't wear that as like a badge of honor per se, but I just feel like it's necessary to say that if I'm laying there out of commission and saying something hurts, it mean it, I mean, it really hurts. Um, because usually I'm that person that kind of can, you know, power through things, which is going to come up later in this podcast episode. So I'm laying there for a second. I didn't even see it coming. Everything that I was carrying is now flung across the lawn and I'm trying to get my wits about me at my elbow. I'm like, oh man, this was bad. This hurts really bad. And my son is now, you know, near tears, screaming on the porch. And everyone I told the story to was like, oh my gosh, that's so sweet. Or not sweet, but like, oh, he was so worried about you and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh no, let's not get it twisted. My son was standing on the porch screaming, Mom, my donut, get my donut, my donuts in the snow, mom, the donuts in the snow, it's gonna be ruined, you know, and he is like the king of drama, my son, one of his go to lines is we're doomed. So if you can just imagine, you know, the level of dramatics that were happening here, because the box with his donut in it had flipped over onto the snow. So I'm just like, what the hell just happened? What is going on? My elbow is killing me. My son is screaming for his donut. I have to get up, you know, and I'm thinking, I look around like, did anyone see that? What the hell? So I quickly like roll over, gather the things and like go inside. And I think at that point I made two trips. Everything's covered in snow. I get onto the porch, he's like losing his mind and I had to like, you know, assure him that like, you know, the donut's going to be okay. Oh, and P.S. I think I am too, but thanks for wondering, <laughs> um, you know, and he's four and my therapist actually pointed out when I was telling her the story that sometimes children will latch onto something that like he very well could have been worried about me. But he's also four, so he wasn't, you know, it's almost like he fixated on the donut, even though he was probably having a stress reaction to the whole, you know, thing. But he fixated on the donut and was really, you know, driving that home. So that made me feel, you know, a sliver better that my son might actually care about my well-being. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyways, so I bring it onto the porch. He's, you know, wanting to get inside immediately because he knows he has the treasure hunt. I'm literally just trying to like gather my brain. Like I was like, did I leave my brain out there? Because that's how I felt. So I came inside and I'm just telling him, you know, okay. And I was talking kind of slowly, quietly. And I was like, you know, okay, can you take your boots off? Let's get the boots off. Okay, let's take the gloves off. Okay, let's get the coat off. Okay, okay. You know, I'm trying to do all this. And he starts panicking because he's saying, why are you talking like that? Why are you talking like that? He's very sensitive to tone, my son. So that's a whole thing too, because I'm 
at that point, I'm talking very kind of quietly, deliberately, slowly, because I'm just trying to like figure out what the fuck just happened. And I, and at that moment, like now I realize because I got a concussion, I didn't know that then. And it, I now know that I was disoriented. But then I just was like, felt like I was completely overwhelmed. I felt like, um, like in cartoons where like someone gets like hit over the head and they have like all like the, you know, the stars and they're kind of like, you know, and their, their eyes are shaking and that thing. That's exactly how I felt. Like I just felt like, what the fuck? Um, so anyway, I'm saying that to him trying to get his, you know, his snowy clothes off to get inside. He's freaking out about my tone. I had to try to explain to him in the most four-year-old, you know, comprehension style way that I was just basically trying to survive. So we get in the door. Thank God I set up the treasure hunt because I was able to literally go, okay, there's a treasure hunt. Go, go ahead. Here's your first clue. And he just like went off on it and I could kind of like start to, I don't know gather the things and the pieces of my life I thought that I was really overwhelmed because we only had an hour to get inside get changed you know wash hands have lunch get back in the car and then we had to leave for his occupational therapy appointment which is a 30 minute drive so that's what another reason I thought that I was kind of just like disoriented but you know it's funny that a concussion at that moment felt the same to me as regular parenting (laughs) Which says a lot about my mental state. Um, And this is kind of where I'm going with this podcast. This whole ordeal was such an interesting insight into so much of my life, such as how, how often I am flooded and overwhelmed in just parenting, where me feeling disoriented felt so close to how flooded I normally feel in just the day-to-day with my son because he's a lot and I would never change that about him. I love that he's a lot. I think he's brilliant. But raising the child that is just nonstop, especially when I'm a highly sensitive person, makes my brain feel completely scattered all day long. So anyway, he does the treasure hunt. I'm trying to survive. At that point, I realized like I can't really bend my elbow past a right angle. Now, there's an issue with this because I am right handed and um, I'm a hairstylist. So, yeah, I kind of need my elbow. So I'm, you know, just trying to figure out what the hell's going on there. I must have come down on my elbow, which, by the way, we have a ring doorbell camera. It caught me up until the moment I started walking across the lawn. And I'm so mad because I, when I was laying there, I thought to myself, well, at least I'll get to watch this back on the ring footage and have a laugh or share it with somebody so we can see like, you know, what I did and how silly it was or whatever. But no, it didn't catch my fall. And I just felt like I got gypped out of the comic relief that could have ensued. So I would share it with you all, except that I don't actually have it. But yeah. So anyway. I'm like, oh my gosh, I must have landed on my elbow, blah, 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 blah. That hurts really bad. So then it's time to leave for OT. I somehow get through that whole ordeal. I think it was honestly because he got, you know, little trinkets from Valentine's Day and he was occupied with playing with these little things while he was eating his lunch. And I could, you know, get my life 
together a little bit enough to get us on the road again for his appointment. We get into the car and I decide I'm bringing my, you know, ice pack with me um, that I've been using at home. And the only thing I had in the car that would, I had this grand idea that I was like, oh, I could put my ice pack on the armrest and I'll ice my elbow as I drive. Typical mom, right? We're just multitasking at all times. And the only thing I had to hold it on was a hair tie (laughs) in typical hairstylist fashion. So I hair tie my ice pack to my armrest. You guys, I was such a mess, like just the hot mess of a day. And I'm driving with my elbow on the armrest. All these things that I'm going to mention, like throughout the story, I had a concussion. I had no idea. So I'm, we're driving. And I remember that day we weren't late, shockingly, with all this going on. We we're right on time. And I was like driving so fast and then I had to keep like the only reason I would recognize that I was driving fast. We we take the freeway, the highway there. And the only reason I could recognize that I was going fast was because I looked down at my speedometer and I was like, whoa, I need to slow down. And it kept happening. And I was like, why do I feel like I'm just like zoning out and I'm just like pedal to the metal? It was It was wild. And not to say I don't drive fast, but, you know, it was like what I would... It would be even too fast for me driving alone, let alone driving in the car with my son. So I was like, what's going on? Okay, fine. So I get to his occupational therapy. I'm still icing my elbow. And I remember that day, and I love taking him to therapy, and it's great. I usually can get, like, I help a little bit or get involved sometimes in playing with him there. And I remember that day just being like, I am not helping. Like, I was just in a, all of a sudden I was like in a mood. I was like irritated that like, I'm not getting out of this chair. I need to sit here and ice my elbow. And again, I'm just thinking it's because I've had a rough morning. So we get through OT, we get home, and I just felt like every single thing he was doing that day was like on a thousand. His voice was just loud and everything was loud and obnoxious and annoying. And I felt like I was barely holding on. But to be honest, unfortunately... That's not an uncommon thing for me in motherhood with my son. He's a sensory seeker. He is very active. He is very dramatic. He is um, doesn't stay occupied for very long. He always needs a playmate or someone to engage with him. Everything is like a crisis or urgent. And to be honest, that's very common, you know, for how I feel on the day to day of just straight up parenting. So I just was thinking like, okay, wow, I'm tired or I'm whatever. My husband gets home and I'm kind of like looking at him like, are you getting a load of this? Like, aren't you like annoyed beyond belief? And he kind of was like, not really as triggered as I was. And I'm just thinking like, okay, I must just be extra sensitive today or something. Later on in the evening, I'm on a Zoom call and it's, Um, upbringing has a uh, strong-willed kids club sensitive and strong-willed kids club that I was I'm a part of and it's a two-hour zoom call every Monday night for a month I love being on it it's something that I voluntarily signed up for I'm very interested in it it helps a lot with my son and how we parent and I'm on this zoom call 
and like was annoyed beyond belief. Like I was trying to focus. I couldn't focus. I was listening to these people talk and I was like, oh my God, why are they still talking? They need to shut up. Uh, it ran a little bit over time and I was like, I don't, like, why aren't we done? We need to be done. Um, my husband came on the call and I was like so annoyed and told him that I felt annoyed by, you know, listening to some people. And he was like, told me later, like, yeah, I didn't know what you were talking about because like nobody was annoying, you know? Um, I was doodling. I started doodling, which I haven't done since like being, you know, bored in a high school class, you know? I was like, what am I doing right now? I, and even when I was doing it, I'm like, why am I being this way? But I just thought I was in a mood. I remember earlier in the evening before my son went to bed, we watched a movie after dinner and I like dimmed the lights in the living room, which to anyone else is probably like not a big deal. But to me, I, I don't normally do that. And I remember feeling like, oh my God, this is incredible. Why have I never dimmed the lights to watch TV? And now I'm realizing it was because I was needing less stimulation. I needed less lights. It's just very interesting. So, okay, fine. I go to bed that night. I just was like done. I fell asleep on the couch like voluntarily. I even put my phone down early for the night because I just felt very done. Like I couldn't do anything else. Again, and this is where it gets kind of wild to me and some insight that I had is like as a woman, I think specifically as a woman, how often we downplay our inner knowing, and I think this goes kind of hand in hand with what Anna was talking about last week a little bit with the mind-body connection, our inner knowing that something's not right in our body and we write it off to, I'm just being a bitch. I'm just being judgmental. I'm being oversensitive. Um, I must be PMSing. Um, you kind of gaslight yourself, to be honest. And I think in a very, you know, patriarchal society where women have always kind of been, you know, it's like the strong woman is the bitch or, you know, someone who's voicing a concern is just extra sensitive, right? And that's kind of like the societal label on things. And I think it's something that is worth examining in ourselves to realize how much of that do we carry around for ourselves? Because I instantly went there when in reality I had a freaking concussion, but I was thinking to myself, you know, oh, this, oh, that. Sorry if you're hearing my, there's a recycling truck outside of my house right now. So if you're hearing some squeaky brakes and some grinding, that is from the recycling truck. Um, but yeah, I think to myself, how often we downplay what we're going through instead of listening to ourselves, right? So I wake up the next morning to get ready for work and I had so much trouble waking up. Like I'm normally exhausted in the morning. I'm kind of, a, I'm a total night owl. I'm a zombie in the morning, but I'm talking like could not keep my eyes open like I had gotten shot with a tranquilizer, you know, like it was just not happening. And then when I finally pry myself from my bed and put my feet on the ground and I stand up, the room was spinning. 
I was so dizzy and I didn't know what was going on. I kind of, I have to sit back down. I like had to brace myself because I thought I was going to fall over. And then I kind of like, whoa. And again, I'm not going, something's wrong. I'm going like, whoa, what's up with me? You know, I stumbled to the bathroom. I'm trying to go about, you know, my vitamins and brushing my teeth and, and that whole thing. And I just feel really out of it. And I'm telling my husband, like, I don't know what's going on. It was just wild. So it was very clear at that point that like, I mean, not very clear because I had to talk myself into it that like, maybe I have a concussion. I was like, do I just need to go back to bed? Am I just really tired? You know, I don't know. It was just this whole thing. So thank God I had a really understanding first client of the day who actually has experience with concussions because of her children playing sports and was urging me to reschedule her and go to the, you know, doctor. So that's what I did. I had to be like, you know, coerced into doing it. And what's wild about that is, and this is another thing I'm going to touch on, how often we need the okay from somebody else. I should have known in that moment that like I needed to go to a doctor and I had to cancel that appointment for that client. But there's such a loyalty to the everybody else but ourselves. And I think we can all relate to that, that somewhere along the line, we bend over backwards for people, even at our own expense, instead of listening to ourselves and what we know we should be doing to honor how we're feeling. I am a champion people pleaser. So for me, this is a very common theme. I think it's a theme that was embedded into my upbringing and therefore it is something that is my inner child and it's like being the one that kind of just pushes through and like not calling a lot of attention or need for help to myself and I'm reeling all I'm realizing all of this I've kind of always known but after this concussion scenario it was very apparent um so anyway, I take myself to the urgent care. Oh, I should mention <laughs> the day before I still couldn't bend my elbow and I had taken myself to the urgent care the day before to get my elbow looked at because I was worried that I actually like chipped a bone or something. And that was even a big deal because in order to do that, I had to call my mom to come babysit and all this stuff. But my thought was like, you know, if I go into work tomorrow and I'm working on this elbow and something really is wrong, you know, I don't want to make it worse. So it turns out the elbow is totally normal. Great. At that point, I had no idea I had a concussion, so I didn't even mention it to the to the doctor. So next day, I'm like, well, better go back to urgent care because the room is spinning and I don't know what the hell's going on. I was pretty confident at that point that I had a concussion. As I'm driving into the urgent care, I was having all the, you know, symptoms, everything except for like blacking out and throwing up. I had every single other symptom. I even texted a friend of mine who had a concussion at one point and was asking her, you know, what were the symptoms, blah, 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 blah. How did you feel? And I was like, yep, definitely have a concussion. So walking into the urgent care and trying to like read signs of like where to go because I'd never been there before. It was so difficult, like driving there. And then getting there and trying to like navigate a new facility and what to do and where to park and where to go. Like, uh, it was, 
incredibly difficult. It felt like somebody had opened up my brain, scrambled it with, you know, a hand mixer, put my head, you know, back on and then sent me on my way. I was very disoriented. And in that moment, and I've reflected on this a lot since, how people with neurodiversities must feel. I think about like that kid with like a kid with ADD or a kid with anxiety or a kid with, you know, or I mean, don't just mean kid. It could be adult too. But I think with a child specifically who can't advocate for themselves with my son with sensory processing disorder with, you know, anyone on the spectrum, things like that, where your brain is literally wired differently that I was trying so hard to do a basic thing that I'm usually able to do or quote should be able to do. I was giving it my best shot and it was so hard because my brain was not functioning, you know, at what I was used to. And that's not to say that people in neurodiversities aren't using their full brain. What my point about that is their brains are wired differently. And I think so often in a world where we are, you know, in a neurotypical world where not a lot of mind is paid to these people, we expect them to act the way a neurotypical person acts. For the ADD kid, we're like, don't, you know, you need to sit down, stop wiggling, stop, you know, focus. Why can't you do your homework? Things like that, right? And what I'm realizing in that moment is they're, they are doing the best that they are able. And I think it reminded me that like everyone is always doing the best that they can. And again, it's not because their brain is less than like with a brain injury, even though there are people out there with brain injuries. It's a very invisible illness or, you know, injury. But that there are people out there you know, that are working on a different, you know, in a different neuro set. And we are demanding things of them and thinking less of them when they don't act the way we expect them to. And it made me have a lot of grace for the things that we can't see and that everybody is different and everybody is trying their best. It reiterated the point to me that children are doing exactly what they're able and if they're not doing it it's not because they're like trying to make your life hell it's because they literally are not able everyone is always trying to get their needs met everybody is always trying to do their best and they're showing you that that's their best in that moment and there's so many things like with my son being a sensory seeker you know he needs that sensory input And sometimes for me, it's like, oh, my God, stop doing the thing. And it's like his body is wired to crave that. He needs it. And it just made me realize, like, we don't even know what's going on in someone's brain. And we need to start having that empathy and understanding that everybody is doing the best that they can. Because when I was, you know, throughout the two-week you know, plus healing from a concussion. 
it's so wild how different, like even something as simple as cooking a meal that you do all the time was so hard trying to manage multiple things at the same time was so challenging trying to code switch trying to like do anything than one simple thing that I could focus on even driving was hell which I shouldn't have really been driving to be honest but I had to drive you know short distances and even that like I would drive and feel like oh my god I have to go home and take a nap like it was wild because you're just, there's so much stimulation. There's so much going on. And it just made me have such a different appreciation for everybody's brains and how different everybody is and how much is happening. I didn't, I don't think I even realized how much stimulation is happening in every single moment. Like that driving is so stimulating that TV, like you're watching TV in a bright room and the, the, pictures on the TV are changing and they're very bright and it's loud and you know and it's got all these different emotions which is activating different parts of your brain and and then you know at the same time and I'd be doing that I'd be on my phone doing something and the stimulation that's coming from there and you know and hearing different noises around the house and the dishwasher's running and the it just is wild like how much stimulation is going on every single day and it's just something that's very normal and then for people that are functioning on a different, you know, in a different level or in a, in a different way with their brains, it can affect everybody totally differently. And it was so interesting to have a sliver of an understanding. Um, and it's, it's given me a lot of grace, actually, an understanding with my son and and his needs. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, kind of a tangent, but that was, that was something I wanted to touch on just how hard the mundane things that you think are no big deal can feel when you, your brain is just on a different level. So anyway, I go into the urgent care. I tell them, I think I have a concussion. They basically tell me I have to go to the ER, which is the last place anybody wants to be right now. Right. If you don't have to be there. So I go to the ER, I get a CAT scan on my head. Everything's fine in terms of like a brain bleed. I'm not bleeding or anything like that. And, um, I go into the ER and, you know, they're asking me what happened and they're doing the test and just, you know, physical examination. And I mean, all signs are pointing to concussion, which they are agreeing with. And then the doctor says, well, did you hit your head? And I'm like, no. I don't, I, I land on my elbow. Like I, it hurt so bad. I went to the ER or the urgent care yesterday. He's like, okay, well, I'm just going to press under your head a little bit. And you just tell me if anything's tender. Well, he hits this one spot and I'm like, oh my God, ouch. Like it hurts so bad. And he says, yeah, your head's swollen. You hit your head. And it just blew my mind that in all the chaos landing on my elbow, my kids screaming, I'm trying to jump up to get everything to like, you know, get back. Like, it's like just funny how the, it showed me a lot about my priorities, right? Like, oh, forget me who just fell on ice, like, you know, hurt my elbow, apparently bashed my head. Like, oh my gosh, he's freaking out. I got to get up and do the things I got to get inside. I got to get his lunch. I got to, you know, it's just wild. And it made me realize like, yeah, I just powered through that. Like I totally hit my elbow, 
then came down on my head. I could like now that I, he said that in the location of where it hurt, it makes total sense. And I didn't even give myself a minute. Like I just jumped right up and went about my business. So I'm in there and I'm like, okay, it's Tuesday. I have to work again on Thursday. And they say, oh no, you need to take a full week off. And it's funny because in that moment I'm in the ER with a concussion and I'm thinking to myself, oh no, I can't take a full week off. There's no way I can't. I mean, I have stuff I have to get done. I have clients. I can't move all my clients. And I had a fully booked week, one of the busiest weeks I've had since opening my studio. And I was panicking. I can't, I can't do that. I can't take time off like that, you know? And I'm trying to like reason with the doctor. I'm like, well, you know, like if I, if I take today off, cause like I hadn't even canceled my whole day that day yet. So like, well, if I take today off and then tomorrow, like I should be fine. Like, what if I took Thursday off and just worked Friday? And like, and then I'm thinking to myself, oh, and then I'll move everyone to Saturday. <laughs> and they're trying to like get it through to me that like, this is serious and you need to take time to heal. So whatever. So I, I, I concede and I decide that I'm going to, you know, call off for the whole week. And they were saying like, and maybe even two weeks. And I was like, oh no definitely not two weeks. Can't do that. And all of this to say, I was talking about it with my therapist that like, I only called one week off. And what I did was I took everybody from that crazy busy week and then tacked them onto the next week. I normally will work like nine to six. I was working nine to nine. 12 hour days, the whole week. <laughs> and then added on Saturday, which I don't, I don't work Saturdays anymore. I added on Saturday also. So I added on an extra day and then worked like pretty much three 12 hour days just to make up for my clients because I was so worried about getting them in. I was so worried about having to call people. And I really, by the time the next week rolled around, I felt a lot better. But I remember the doctor telling me, once you feel normal, give yourself two extra days. Well, I felt normal on Monday. I didn't give myself two extra days. I worked a 12-hour day on Tuesday instead. And Wednesday, I paid for it. I was off on Wednesday, and I felt like garbage. I felt like I didn't, you know, I hadn't rested. I hadn't done anything. And then I woke up Thursday morning with a headache, and I still went back to work for another 12-hour day. And another 12-hour day on Friday. And then about a six-hour day on Saturday. It's wild. It's it's stupid. It was crazy. I don't know why I did that. I'm feeling a lot better this week. But I was exhausted. My body hurt. There were times when I was doing hair that, like, I had a headache. And I just, like, popped an ibuprofen and kept going. I barely sit down. When I'm at work, I don't really eat when I'm at work. All of these things are terribly unhealthy. I know this. And somewhere I've decided, which is what I was working with through with my therapist last week, that like everyone else's needs are more important than my own. My clients getting their hair done and not being mad at me for literally something that's out of my control, a head injury 
that if I don't heal properly from can have lifelong effects is more important than me getting the rest that I need. And when I say it like that, I'm like, oh my God, that's so stupid. That's not really how I feel. But when it comes down to me being an advocate for myself, I drop the ball. Weirdly enough, this is making me kind of emotional and I did not um, anticipate feeling this way about it. But I'm saying this to kind of show everybody and hopefully it's connecting with you. How often we do those kinds of things. We, we hear our internal red lights and sirens blasting, sounding, you know, everything's going off and still to keep the peace or to be the image of the person we want to be, to be the perfect mom, to be the perfect partner, to be the perfect employee. You know, we do all of these things against what we know we should be doing just to kind of like appease everybody else or save face. I've, you know, I, I, I resonate so much with Encanto with like Louisa, right? The strong one. And that's me. And that's been me and my family. It wasn't a role that I wanted. It wasn't a role I asked for. It's just the role that I kind of was assigned. It's the way that I took on, I think, being a highly sensitive kid, which means I was a highly sensitive child. But I don't know that that was apparent to my parents. I don't know that any special accommodations were made for my sensitivities from my parents. And that's not their fault. I have amazing parents who did the best that they could. But a lot of my needs went unmet. When my brother was sick and dying and my mom was, you know, at the hospital literally um, nearly every day for six months spending the night. She was gone, you know, my dad's working and trying to keep it normal for us. But I mean, a lot of that falls onto my shoulders as the older sister. I didn't want to burden anybody with problems because they were already handling too much. And I don't know that anybody saw that. And I don't know that anybody saw me or anybody had the capacity to see that or offer me, you know, the help that I think I deserved. Um, and therefore... I've always learned that powering through, ignoring my sirens, ignoring maybe what I know deep down needs to happen because I, quote, can handle it, but that doesn't mean that I should, right? And there's a difference there. Yeah, I I could work a 12-hour day because I did. I was physically able to quiet the sirens and make myself do it but was that the best for myself was it something I should have been doing probably not and somewhere along the lines I've realized that like I'm putting everyone else's needs before my own this you know goes hand in hand also with parenthood right um being catapulted into parenthood after a crazy kind of traumatic birth situation and traumatic pregnancy. And then a child who's high needs and sensory seeking and just kind of powering through. That's why I didn't realize I had 
anxiety, which is like a staple of my personality. And now I'm really realizing I think I have OCD. Um, all of these things I didn't realize until I was 34. I've had it for the majority of my life. Like probably, I don't even know, 20 something years, you know, like, but because you just kind of think that you're being crazy or you're being some type of way, you know, like how I said with the concussion, I just thought I was being a bitch or I was in a mood or whatever. And not really listening to your body and asking what you need and and giving yourself that, being an advocate for yourself. I just felt like it was so rich. There was so much for me to sit with after this whole ordeal, after the concussion and realizing how much was really going on and how much it related to to just how I handle life and how my inner child what needs that nurturing. And I've been shown or taught to just quiet her down and just put your head down and figure it out and do it. And it's another reminder to me of how important it is for my son that I see his needs, that I okay his needs, that I meet his needs, that I honor him, that I help him express to me what he's needing and never make him feel ashamed for needing more. That I ask him, you know, how does that make you feel? You know, how do you feel about this? What do you want to do? He'll say a lot now. He loves making people laugh. And he'll say to me, mom, was that funny? And I'll say to him, did you think it was funny? And he'll say, yeah. And I said, well, then it's funny. Not looking to everybody else to find the answers that you can just find within yourself. Learning to trust what you believe and what you think and learning that it's okay. You can be different and you can get your needs met and there is nothing wrong with that. And that is just such, I think, a great lesson for anybody, but especially women, especially mothers. I think we've all been taught to kind of look outside of ourselves first and it's so unhealthy. And even in this instance where I had a freaking brain injury, I couldn't even give myself that. Even depending on my husband, who was incredible through this whole process, even, you know, asking my parents to babysit, that felt so hard for me. And that was another thing I realized, like, my son and who he is as a person was so um, at odds with what I needed while I was healing. He's so loud. He's so much. And it was so much sensory for me. And I'm so sensitive. And then on top of that, I was even more sensitive because of the brain injury. And it made me realize and have a new respect for when I don't have a brain injury. This is still a lot. It's just that right now I actually can't be around it. But how much day-to-day input I'm getting just from being around a sensory seeker all day. And like the fact that I'm tired and the fact that I, you know, feel the way I feel at the end of the day is totally valid. And it's crazy to me that I had to go through this experience to let myself know that. 
How often do we go online and look at these other moms and judge, you know, oh, they're doing this, 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 and this, and I should be like that, and they're so this, and I'm so this. Everyone's capacity is different, and everyone's scenario is different. My capacity is like the size of a shot glass, and my son is like dumping buckets into the shot glass. It's just, it's like, it's so much. And so the way I show up or the, when I get tapped out or burned out might look so much different or so much sooner than somebody else. And that's okay. And it's okay for you. You know, I don't know. It was just something I felt compelled to get on here and share because of my experience that this really gave some insight into so much and how much we take on every day and how much we are so hard on ourselves. It goes hand in hand with what Anna was talking about last week. You know, it's like listening to your body and showing up for yourselves. And the wild thing is when you're better regulated, you can regulate everybody else in your life better too. You can be that person that you want to be, you know, but it starts with looking in, listening to ourselves and not just hearing it and knowing it's there and doing the other thing anyway, but honoring what you know that you need. And of course, it's going to be baby steps. And of course, it's going to be hard. The thing with a brain injury, like it would have been easier for me if I broke my elbow because I would have had a cast on and I wouldn't have been able to bend it. And I would have said, Hey, I'm so sorry. I can't do your hair because I have one arm. But the fact that it was an invisible injury with my brain was so much harder for me to give myself that permission. Right. And it's wild. It's so wild to me. And it's something that, I mean, I'm, I'm still dealing with. I'm not better. I'm not like, Oh, next time I'm going to do this. No, I'm probably going to start to do the same thing, but at least I will have the recognition to go, wait a minute. I'm doing it again. I'm powering through when I need to rest. So there's that. And I think it's especially pertinent right now because of the state of the world. You know, we're parenting two years deep in a pandemic. We're living in a pandemic, even just for ourselves, you know, we're in masks or we're not in masks. There's mask upheaval. There's, you know, vaccinations and anti-vaxxers and unrest in politics and all these crazy things that we're dealing with all day, every day. They just pulled masks from, you know, schools in our area now when my son is under five and unvaccinated and vulnerable and it's, you know, giving me anxiety. And, you know, they just, there's an, a war starting in Ukraine now and it's winter and people feel seasonally depressed and there's just so much shit going on, let alone the stuff that we carry around day to day on top of it. And even just scrolling social media and taking in all those things and all those judgments and all those, you know, little facts and news things. And here we are showing up. You're listening to this podcast because you give a shit. Because you are trying to be the best version of yourself. You are trying to take the challenges in your life and learn how to grow from them. You care about showing up for your child. You care about showing up for your family. You care about showing up for your partner. You care about showing up in the world as a respectable, you know, person doing the right thing, being the best version of yourself. And are we doing it for ourselves too? Are we showing up for ourselves too? 
So there's that. I didn't even know I had this much to talk about, but an hour deep into this podcast, here we are. (laughs) I hope my ramblings made sense. I hope this struck a nerve with you. I hope that you do something today for yourself and just for yourself and you try to quiet that guilty voice down in your head because honoring you is just as important and needs just as much attention as an injury, as a broken bone. We can't help others until we help ourselves. So Again, if you need to reach out, I would love to hear from you. Please share your stories with me. Let's get your story read on here. If you want to be anonymous, that's fine. But I'd love to share your knowledge and your experiences with everybody else. Reach out at Instagram or on Instagram at grow.up.ig. Reach out via email. Be as wordy as you'd like. I know I always am. (laughs) And my email is thegrowuppod at gmail.com. Until then, keep taking care of yourself. Keep taking care of your brain. The world is overwhelming right now. Life is overwhelming right now. You've got this. Don't forget to listen to yourself and put yourself first. I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye.